The Florida Panthers have clinched the president's trophy and the season is coming to a close this weekend. We've got you covered all around right here on the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On NHL podcast. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Gil Martin, and it's great to be with you this and every Friday. I am joined by Rachel Donner. And Rachel, uh, can you believe we have actually reached the final weekend of the season? Listen, I did not think I was going to make it, but we're here. We did it. (laughs) And the playoffs are just around the corner. It's exciting. I am very glad. Yeah, looking forward to the playoffs, even if neither of our teams will actually be participating in them this year. (laughs) uh, Hey, uh, both of our teams have rather storied histories, and hopefully they'll be back sooner rather than later in the postseason. That's the plan. (laughs) But uh, lots of things going on around the league. And the amazing thing is, here we are. uh, Most teams have one game left on their schedule. And we only know two of the opening eight playoff matchups. This last game for all these teams is going to matter for a lot of them. Yeah, it's very complicated. There's a lot of scenario watching on the various different games. And it's amazing how many different games on the schedule tonight have an impact on how the playoffs are going to get set up. Yeah, I mean, whoever made this schedule, and I think, you know, a lot of it was put together even after the fact because of all the makeup games. Uh, pretty impressive uh, that that there are meaningful games when – you know, all these teams are on game 82. So uh, the season is going to go out with a bang. We now know the president's trophy winner, though, and it's a first. The Florida Panthers clinched their first ever uh, president's trophy, best record in the league. And considering everything they've had to deal with this season, I'd say it's very impressive. It is very impressive. And I think that it's really cool that we've had different President's Trophy winners over the last six years. And obviously, there's mixed feelings that teams have about winning the President's Trophy in terms of superstition going into the playoffs and and can they win the Stanley Cup. But I think for a team like the Panthers, especially you know, how they've been playing overall recently with a lot of dramatic comebacks and they have fight in every single game that they play. And they're just, I think, one of the most fun teams to watch in the league overall. So, you know, I think it's a good thing for the Panthers. Sorry if this curses them by saying that. (laughs) But I, I think winning the President's Trophy, given how they've been playing in this last stretch, I think is an extra accomplishment that helps them. Yeah, I I think so too. And, you know, look, this, this being hockey, everyone remembers who won the Stanley cup. You know, if I asked you 
who won the president's trophy in 2009, you're not going to most likely remember it unless it's your team. But it is still an accomplishment. And hopefully from a Panthers perspective, it's an accomplishment that gives them a little bit of confidence. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think it's just continuing that winning attitude, having that good feeling in the locker room every day and that knowing that even if they have a rough day or just one off game, they can come back from that uh, in any scenario, I think is absolutely key going into the playoffs. Absolutely. And we also now know the winners of the Jennings Trophy. That is going to be the uh, Carolina Hurricanes tandem of Frederick Anderson and Antti Ranta. And, uh, you know, that goes to the team that allows the fewest goals during the regular season. And I think that has a lot of value, too. Look, we all know offense sells tickets, defense wins championships. You can't go deep into the playoffs without getting great goaltending. And I'm sure it will be a boost to the Hurricanes to have that top goaltending tandem this year in the top overall team defense. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that given everything that's been going on around the league with all the different races, the Metropolitan Division has maybe not gotten as much of the spotlight, um, especially because it's been kind of locked in for so long. But Carolina has had a really tremendous season with some surprising performances and to keep at the elite level that they have over the last couple of years, I think it is tremendous. And you're right, you cannot do that without solid goaltending. And Freddie Anderson, I think, has been a huge part of their success. Absolutely. And, you know, maybe he gets a little bit overlooked these days. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, he's not one of those guys who's in the headlines all the time. And yet quietly after, you know, arriving in Carolina, he's, he's shined this year. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is just a, a really good spot that he's in and the team is in overall. Yeah, no question about that. We also uh, end up with uh, a retirement announcement in the news. Dustin Brown uh, going to retire after the Stanley Cup playoffs are over. He was a captain for two Stanley Cup winning teams in L.A. Your thoughts mm -hmm. about Dustin Brown hanging up his skates? You know, it feels like with Dustin Brown, he's so emblematic of that era where the Kings won those Cups. And, you know, it was a defining member of that team. And I, it was really great that they put the C on him again for one last game. I think yep. that was a really great gesture by the Kings. And it just feels like we're at a point where some of these guys, like the few remaining uh, players of that era are starting to retire now. And the, the guys that have just been around for what seems like forever. So it's going to be a different league, I think, you know, over the next couple of years. I, I think there's just this mind shift. And I think Dustin Brown, uh, I think, well, it makes me feel old, first off, because I feel like he's still <laughs> one of the younger kids. But at the same time, you know, the, the makeup and how the league operates, uh, you know, what the style of play is has changed a lot. And so we're, we're starting to lose a lot more of those guys that played in a, in a different world. 
18 seasons in the NHL for Dustin Brown. I mean, that that blows my mind. 18 seasons, captain for eight of them. Just, a, a, you know, again, not one of those guys who makes a lot of headlines league-wide, but if you watch Dustin Brown play game in and game out, you have to respect what he's accomplished on the ice. Absolutely. All right, we have got a lot more to discuss. Since the season is ending, when we come back, we will talk about some of the highlights of this season and some of the biggest headlines. Hard to believe. I mean, there's been actually quite a lot of them. And, of course, we will look ahead to the final weekend of action. So lots more to come on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. But first, want to talk to you about Built Bar. Summer is coming. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Just throw them in your bag, in your kids' backpacks, and make sure everybody has a bar so you're fueled for summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com. And order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried the Puffs yet? Well, we're going crazy for the Puffs. And they come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want to eat a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but pack 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On nightly recap NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So hard to believe, Rachel, season is coming to a close. Uh, I mean, wow, it's been a heck of a ride. Uh, The league... But let's start with the basics. The league is going to be able to complete this season despite all the disruptions COVID caused. Yeah, I think that that's the biggest story of this season. You know, after the last two seasons of it being really hampered by COVID and cancellations and lots of players out, you know, we did have some COVID interruptions this season and that ultimately led to them canceling the NHL players going to the Olympics, which was a huge thing this season, but we did get a complete 82 game season in and we're going to have, you know, a full playoffs and we had fans in arenas for most games this season. I believe there was just some Canadian games that had a few, without fans in in the building. So it felt, I wouldn't say normal, but I would say closer to normal than we've had for the last few years. Yeah, and and just getting in 82 games for the first time, the last two years, they were able to do that right. And and the statistics show 
league has to be commended for being able to get through all of that. Another big story that I think makes a lot of sense throughout this is, is the scoring trend. How many players are stars? Yeah, you know, we had Alex Ovechkin with his ninth 50-goal season of his career. We had eight guys with over 100 points. Uh, Austin Matthews hitting the 60-goal mark. Four guys with 50 or more goals this season. Uh, it just felt like the scoring was up a lot this year. And, you know, there's always that debate. Do you want more scoring in the league or is, you know, closer scoring games better what, what, what's your take overall philosophically on, on how you prefer to watch the game you know I, I think it depends on the game for me I think that I love overall you love to see goals first off I, I think that's an integral part of the game but for me I have seen you know really tremendous hockey games that maybe are a 2-1 final score or a 1-0 final score I like close games I think it just you know a good solid hockey close games where anybody can win it for most of the game is my favorite kind of hockey but every so often I love a good like 8-7 game those are kind of fun as well <laughs> Going back to the 80s, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think seeing some of these reach these milestones is inspiring. And, and you know, 60 goals doesn't happen that often in the NHL. So congratulations also to Austin Matthews for accomplishing that this season. We also have our, our share of negative headlines, especially early in the season. Uh, can't mention what happened this year without talking about the, the fallout from you know what happened in 2010 with the Chicago Blackhawks yeah it was definitely a huge story in the league this year and of course the Chicago Blackhawks uh, investigating what happened in 2010 uh, Kyle Beach then revealing himself to be John Doe in that story uh, quite remarkably and I think that you know we saw a lot of really good investigative reporting into that story as well and there was a lot of fallout with you know coaches getting fired uh team officials and management getting fired from the blackhawks and you know a lot of turnover there and i i think that uh it's definitely something that's going to leave its mark on the league and you know as we approach any situations moving forward i, I think there's going to be more of a opportunity to speak out about things that could be going on behind the scenes that cause harm to people and you know i certainly hope that that's kind of the lesson that we take away from this that there has to be accountability among the teams among players among staff and just making sure that uh, all these players in this league are able to play in a safe and supportive environment Absolutely. And hopefully, you know, hopefully the league learns and grows from this scandal and, and going forward, we do not see repeats of it. Uh, another thing that was a big story throughout this season, 
is the play of rookies. I mean, we've had some outstanding rookies, Trevor Zegras of Anaheim, grabbing a lot of headlines. What are your thoughts about, you know, the Michigan or the lacrosse goals? Uh, are they exciting? Are they disrespectful? Or are they both? Absolutely love it. Okay. <laughs> a goal is getting the puck in the net past the goaltender. You do it however you can, as long as it's not uh, violating goaltender interference, whatever that happens to be at the time. And, uh, <laughs> you know, as long as you're you're following the rules, I think that however you get the puck in the net is fine by me. They don't ask how, they just ask how many. So, yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, some of the other rookies that, that caught your eye this season. You know, I love the Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider duo in Detroit. Um, I think that's a really exciting pair of players that is going to be really impactful for the Red Wings moving forward. And, you know, amongst rookies, both of them were near the top of the, the scoring list. So that's exciting. Um, Michael Bunting, I think, is probably the, the biggest story rookie-wise of the season. Kind of a surprise. He wasn't one of the names that a lot of people were talking about. Some people were who are in the know, obviously, in the <laughs> Leafs world as well. But, you know, I don't think anybody would have predicted that he would be leading the league in points for rookies this year uh, at the end of the season. Uh, and I do think... Uh, Cole Caulfield is a story as well because, you know, he was the presumptive Calder winner going into this season and he struggled a lot. But since uh, Marty St. Louis has taken over in Montreal, he's turned things around as well. And I think sort of the recovery of his play and the re regaining of his confidence is another big story among rookies. Yeah, I like I like that. And, and the way you pointed that out, because such a disappointing start and yet found his game, took it to another level late. And it could be the change in coaching. It could be the experience in adjusting to the size and speed of the NHL game. Could be a combination of both. How about this? First time in franchise history, the Vegas Golden Knights are not going to the playoffs. I, it's so funny. I think that there has been a simmering anger about Vegas having made the playoffs every year. Uh, amongst other fan bases. And I think, you know, seeing Vegas go down was one of the rare collective moments of joy amongst <laughs> other fans in the league. And, you know, I think when you start at the top and there's only going down from there, that's a tough road. But honestly, I think Vegas kind of did it to themselves, the way they've managed their cap, the way they've been ruthless managing personnel. And, you know, they made that huge trade for Jack Eichel, which was definitely, I, I mean, I would say it's the biggest trade of the season, yep. right? Yep. Right. And they still didn't make the playoffs. Not that it was Jack Eichel's fault. It is not Jack Eichel's fault. There was a lot going on on that team in Vegas that led up to this. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a changing of the guard there, so to speak. Well, look, no, no team wins forever. Uh, I mean, all dynasties, all great stretches of play do come to an end. Uh, not that Vegas couldn't be back next year, but it, it, it was a little surprising to me how much the fans from around the league took joy in Vegas's downfall this year. I think so, too. 
I think the you know on the flip side with Seattle coming into the league as the new team that was another big story this year. There was a lot of hope and optimism, uh, given how they put together their analytics department, and everybody thought that they could maybe to some degree follow the model of what Vegas had done. And you know, as it turns out, maybe they couldn't. That GMs <laughs> were a little bit wiser this time around, but also Seattle made some interesting choices in the expansion draft and. Uh, I know there Seattle is kind of battling for one of those tops. I said battling is probably the wrong word because they're at the bottom. Competing. End. They're competing, you know, in terms of their position in the draft lottery, and that'll come down to tonight's games as well. Yeah, it, it absolutely will. And and speaking of tonight's games, our next segment will be looking ahead to the final weekend of NHL action as the regular season comes to a close. As we said, lots of playoff implications still there. We'll break it all down for you right after this. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, NHL playoffs, and the start of Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device. You'll learn more about all the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So... Most NHL teams have one game left on their schedule, and the big night is tonight, Friday night. Uh, There's only one game on Sunday. Strange, this Saturday there will be no games, no Hockey Night in Canada contests. Uh, But like you said earlier, so many of these games have playoff implications and meaning to them. Uh, Let's start with Columbus and Pittsburgh because the Penguins – are still trying to figure out who they're going to play in the first round. Yeah, I I believe the way it works out is if the Pens win or make it to overtime or the shootout, that'll lock them in at the number three slot. Right, right. And, and Columbus is exactly at NHL 500, so they need one point to, to finish the season at 500, uh, they're not making the playoffs, but for what it's worth, always better to have uh, a winning season. Uh, you got Washington and the New York Rangers. That is a, a, a big game and, and a possible playoff preview also. Yeah, it'll be interesting because the Caps are a point uh, and a regulation win behind the Pens for that number three seed which is what we just talked about in the previous game matchup that could lock this in as the playoff matchup. So, you know, and there's lots of tiebreakers involved with this one. So if we get a Caps win against the Rangers mixed with a Penguins regulation loss, that will lock in Rangers Caps. If you get anything else, it's Rangers Pens. Both should be pretty exciting matchups no matter what. And, you know, Alex Ovechkin not in the lineup yet for mm-hmm. Washington. And, you know, the coach admitted that if this would have been a playoff game earlier this week on Tuesday, Ovi wouldn't have been ready to go. I would think they would hold him out tonight 
because it's more important to have him healthy and ready for the playoffs. But, uh, you know, maybe they – do you think the, the Capitals have a preference of playing the Rangers in the first round or, you know, going up against Florida? I don't know. I think it's uh, – I think the Capitals just want to play well and they want Ovi back. I don't – I think at this <laughs> point they don't care. But I don't know. We'll see. The Boston Bruins in Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs. That is a game with a lot of playoff implications as well. Yeah, I think this is honestly the big one for the league in in terms of, you know, having a rivalry game in and of itself, having these implications. Because Bruins versus Leafs is always a good game, no matter what. But... For the Bruins in this one, if they win, but in the other game that's going on, which we're going to talk about with Tampa. So if the Bruins win plus Tampa loses, then the Bruins will then keep playing the Leafs in that first round. Otherwise, they're going to play the Canes. And I think Leafs fans and Bruins fans probably don't want to face each other in the first round just because it'll be exhausting and brutal. But for the rest of us, I think it's a really good option. So that's kind of what I'm rooting for. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And you mentioned Tampa. They are on Long Island to take on the Islanders. Uh, and, and, you know, the Lightning defending Stanley Cup champions, it's hard to believe they could still be a wild card. Yeah, I think... That's remarkable, but the Lightning have been playing very well recently. They've been on a tear and kind of are back to their elite level. And, you know, you, you can never count them out, obviously. And I, I think they're going to make a really strong run in these playoffs. And it is absolutely possible that they could repeat. Oh, no question about it. And when you've got the goaltending they have, uh, hard to count them out. Vasilevsky proven and oh so good, still at the top of his game. Now, we have two games that really will only go toward determining home ice advantage in one of the few playoff series we already know. You have St. Louis hosting Vegas mm -hmm. and Minnesota hosting Colorado with home ice advantage in the series between the Wild and the Blues still up for grabs. Yeah, so it, again, it creates two more absolutely meaningful games tonight. It's going to be absolutely bonkers. I'm so excited to see how all of this plays out. Yeah, I mean, I think my remote finger is going to get a workout tonight. So uh, that's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and even the very late game could have implications, It you know, which is the Predators at the Coyotes. First off, it's the last game in the arena for Arizona before they move to Arizona state next season. And so I think, you know, they're going to want to go out on a high note, even though they're not a great team. I think, you know, this is their, their last game in their home building. And depending on what happens earlier in the night, this could have playoff implications in placement for the Nashville predators. No question about that. Then, as we mentioned, no game Saturday and a one game to wrap up the season Sunday. The Seattle Kraken close out their inaugural campaign visiting the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, look, Seattle, not the most successful season on the ice, but I think 
as far as establishing the franchise and becoming part of the community and part of the league, Seattle did a very good job. Yeah. And honestly, this game could have some implications for me because it'll, it could determine where the final draft lottery standings end up because the flyers are kind of neck and neck with Seattle in terms of who's going to end up in the three slot. Yeah, so <clears throat> so many games with meaning uh, to close out this season, and it's always great to see that and something to look forward to. Rachel, can you believe we've reached the end of the season? When we do this show next week, we will already be in the midst of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be good. Yeah, looking forward to that. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Rachel, always a pleasure to do this show with you, and Want to wish everybody uh, a great weekend. Thanks again for listening to the Locked On NHL Podcast.